Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. This month's Relaxing Read is the most precious substance on earth by Shashi Butt, a humorous coming-of-age novel and a sharp-edged look at how silence can shape a life. Nina, a bright, hilarious, and sensitive 14-year-old, doesn't say anything when her best friend begins to pull away or when her crush on her English teacher intensifies. She doesn't say anything when her mother tries to match her up with local Halifax Indian boys unfamiliar with her Saved by the Bell references, or when her worried father starts reciting Hindu prayers outside her bedroom door. And she won't speak of the incident in high school that changes the course of her life. On her tumultuous path, From 90s high school student to present-day high school teacher, Nina will learn difficult truths about existing as a woman in the world. So there's a lot happening there. In the uh, the overview or the uh, the look at what the book is about, it's it's sort of hard to pinpoint one thing in particular, but I think silence definitely is one of the big themes. So um, let's talk about it, shall we? Thoughts on the book, Simone. Well, for me, it started out strong for me as in I, it kind of hooked me in the beginning when that incident happened that kind of shaped her life, which was with the teacher. And then I was thinking there would be more on that or when she shared, there would be something kind of to close out that chapter at some point. But it kind of just, you know, had you thinking, OK, what was going to happen next? And then there was the arc with her friend. And so- somewhere in the middle, though, it I, there were parts that kind of lost me. You know, I work in radio and so I've got a connection to music but not so much I never had the experience of the whole world with band and stuff so I kind of got a little bit lost in the middle there and then it kind of brought me back in when she was going through some of the things with the Toastmasters and some of the relationships and interesting things happening there but I was kind of in and out so for me this book was a harder read than others simply because it would hook me at times there was a lot of great things and information that I was getting sucked into along the story of of Nina. But then there were times where I kind of, I don't know if it was I was confused or it just kind of lost me and I kind of had to restart and get into it. So you think about this book is, um, it's not so much a novel with a plot. It's just kind of a book that's more of a character study on her. And so that's where I think it kind of had me in and out for the most part through till the end. And Deb, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree. Um, although I feel like part of me um, was was in and out, like I was as as a teenager. <laughs> um, yeah. The timeline. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I might be a little older than Nina's character, but not far off it because of all the um, the references to pop pop culture. I was there with all of that as, as well. Um, but I think it, it's also when things happen. As a, as a girl, as a young woman, um, and especially something traumatic, we kind of put it away, like the secret she kept, and you put it on a shelf, mm-hmm. and then you go about doing other things, and then it pops back in your mind, and then we go on to other things. And I think we always feel, as as women, that we've got to put others first, no matter how heavy that might be within ourselves. So I think that the in and out for me is is what was going on with perhaps, you know, Nina and, and her own mind with everything that had kind of been navigated or she's been trying to navigate in her own life. Mm. It always felt like what could have been for her if she hadn't experienced that trauma. That's what I always felt like, like where where would the, the say the teaching job, where would that have gone for her or who would she have met along the way that she could have actually created a really great relationship with? 
because there was never that connection with she had the connection with Amy in the beginning and then that was lost and she always had a great connection with her parents but as far as like relationships with men like when she was going through the dating scene it just it felt like one disaster after another and other than the she had one really great guy that she met and then she just kind of ghosted him so yeah. It was obviously that trauma that she carried with her throughout. Um, but throughout the story as well, as heavy as it is, it with the pulp culture references and with adding in Halifax, and that really Halifax was almost like a character I found in the novel, which I really enjoyed and, and could certainly relate to. But And we'll talk to Shashi about that coming up and how that sort of was the chosen background and about the pop culture references and whatnot. So we'll, we'll talk to her about that coming up in just a little bit. Um, but we still have much to talk about before we talk to Shashi. So as mentioned off the top, the book is described as a humorous coming-of-age novel and a sharp-edged look at how silence can shape a life. What are some key moments in the book when Nina is longing to speak but can't, those those moments that really that you stood out to you. Uh, Deb, I'll start with you on on that one. Well, I, I guess just, you know, after it happened and not fully understanding, even years down the road, I think, what happened to her should not have been happening to her, you know, a, as a, a young girl or a young woman. And the fact that it was kind of like, okay, it's it's my secret. I don't have to tell anybody and and just be fine with that. I think it's really hard to understand what was going on and, and recognize what had happened for me was pretty powerful. Well, you can tell she in the beginning, she just she didn't even recognize it as mm-hmm. what happened to her as abuse. She, she didn't. And the, and the way it was written, too, like I had to go back and read it over to see if it, it did happen or if it was like I didn't know if it was like a dream sequence or something. I was praying that it didn't actually happen. And it couldn't have been that. And then and then it was. And it was almost like it happened. Well, it was. It played out sort of the way that it does in the story, didn't it? It, it happened to her. Mm-hmm. And then that was that. And then she just never spoke about it and never. And it wasn't really identified by Nina until the end of the book. Like she didn't really say the words out loud until I think at the moment when she was meeting with that troll guy at the end. Like it never really was put into words. And and. I think that's what carried with her, obviously, throughout the the story. So that was definitely the toughest one. And what about you, Simone? What were there other moments as well that stood out where you're like, why isn't why isn't she speaking up? Yeah, I mean, the whole situation with her students, um, it just seemed that at the beginning when he would approach her, she always seemed so frightened and so scared. And I think it was because of her high school experience that when she got into that Mm -hmm. position, she almost wasn't equipped to deal with it. And even when she had to run into, I think it was a room and then the other teacher or the principal came in, she, you know, was still, it just seemed like she was so frightened and she had to hold the keys and she just was thinking maybe in her head that this is going to happen again because she didn't really get to deal with that trauma when she was younger. She didn't tell anyone. She didn't seek help for it. And now it was coming out in this form where she was just so scared and so so frightened, even though she was in a position of power where she could speak to the faculty, address it, and kind of find a way to be better equipped to handle it. And she would just go through kind of those guidelines of being a teacher and what you need to do. And I think that really had a big part of her eventually just feeling like she couldn't connect because... She 
probably didn't connect as much with her teachers after having gone through that experience, either if it was a, a, a you know a point of fear or just somebody in a power of position had done this to me, that maybe she was kind of lost. And then when she felt her students weren't engaging with her, when later she found they loved her as a teacher. I because, know, I love that part. Yeah, 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 but because she didn't have that chance to deal with her past trauma, it just, it was really hard to see that she was struggling and had to leave things that made her happy and go searching and go traveling, where she wasn't really finding that life enjoyment or fulfillment she was still so lost and it was like I wish you would just share this with somebody but then when you think she was the character was so lonely she didn't really as as much as she had that friend or that parent her relationship with her parents she was very much alone and to herself so I just think of the the people in life like this who maybe don't have people to speak to that hold so much inside it just it must be such a hard thing and, and even for those who, who do have people that are very close to them, they feel like the only option is to remain silent and to put to protect others rather than, I guess maybe part of her was protecting herself, but put others before yourself and, and store your secret away. And, um, you know, so, so very difficult, um, but, but so very important to talk about this right now. Um, you know, women have done it for years. They, they go through these difficult times and they they may be so strong for others, but they can't find the strength within themselves to, to be strong for themselves. Absolutely. And, uh, like friends, schools, jobs and relationships come and go in Nina's life, but her parents are a constant and Simone, you, you alluded to this already, present in every chapter of her story. So let's discuss the relationship between Nina and her parents. So what are the positives and the negatives? And I just have to say, I love Nina's parents. They were, they were, I I just thought it was such a nice addition to such a heavy story. Like they just mm. were, they were lovely. They were absolutely lovely. And uh, Simone, if you want to speak about the parents and, and her relationship with them. I loved her parents as well. It, you know, it's one of those things that I'm South Asian. So I just know the experiences I had with my parents or if you're going through some kind of a rebellion where you're changing how you dress and things like that. Her parents just seemed so accepting. If she was wearing a certain thing, they just didn't even flinch. They just accepted her. They loved her. And, you know, she made choices and she was expecting a lot worse from her her parents when she kind of left teaching. And, and they kind of, you know, had their thoughts on it and wanted her to apply for jobs. But I feel like they weren't as hard on her as I know some parents can be. They were allowing her to make those decisions and supporting her while still having a level of concern but I just feel like they were always just accepting of her. She wanted to come home or she wanted to be, you know, do whatever she wanted to do and I think she just had that comfort with them even though she couldn't share a lot with them. That was kind of her safe place. So through the book I feel like that was kind of the strongest obviously relationship for her but yeah, I just love that about them, how they were just so easygoing and and so accepting and it was funny that they were always trying to get her married off. But yeah. being a daughter yeah. of South Asian parents, it's just something they do. And it can be funny at times. Um, so, yeah, that whole part, I just I, I really loved her parents as well. And Deb, what do you think about yeah. this one oh, about the too. parents? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So sweet. You just love to spend, a, you know, not just a dinner, but a whole weekend with them. I think it would be very entertaining. And they were really funny. And, and maybe not intentional, or, or maybe it was. There were just a lot of little moments where, you know, the laugh out loud, what they 
commented on or and always having a space for their daughter and you know supporting her whether you know she's she's going to wrap up university and not finish and come home and and just stay with them for a while for how long who knows or give her a secondhand computer <laughs> whatever she needed they were definitely there for her um but yeah i guess on on the negative side just i i think also like a lot of parents they they want her to be herself, but they also sort of want her to be like others that they see, maybe their friends or other family members who are getting married off. And, uh, and, and maybe through all of that, they can't see what her true, true interest might be, especially when it came to her studies. Yeah, it's like they they knew her, but they didn't know her in a way about obviously, mm-hmm. but what the trauma that she experienced, which she never spoke about. But um, I did. I did enjoy the the Christmas pageant <laughs> part of the book, and where <laughs> yeah. they all kind of had their different uh, things that they put together for the for the event. And uh, I I feel like while she wasn't really into it in the beginning, she she got into it, and it 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 felt like a a, a moment for her that was. Not as, dare I say once again, but not such a heavy moment. It seemed to lighten her mm-hmm. a little bit, being involved with the kids and, and whatnot. So um, certainly we, we have the love for the parents. But what were your takeaways from the relationship with Amy early on in the novel? And how did you feel about Nina's message to her near the end of the book? Now, we didn't get to know what was all in the message. We didn't really, we, she didn't share that. We didn't get to read that part. But... We know that she spoke her truth. So, uh, Simone, what do you? What were your takeaways from the the Amy relationship? Well, you know, at first it seemed like just any average relationship. You're doing things together. You have your own inside jokes. You're, you know, going through life together at such a young age, having these experiences. But then it was that whole, you know, as much as they are best friends, um, they're not. She wasn't sharing anything with her, so obviously she wasn't either comfortable as we know, to share that with her. But I just hope she had spoken to her. And then I think it was the same way for Amy. She was withdrawing and she wasn't sharing a lot of what she was maybe going through. We have no idea what her backstory is. It's just to know that she kind of just wanted to be out of school and wanted to, you know, go and live her own life. And I just wish they would have stayed in touch or connected. And I know she says that. She wished she would have checked in more. And I think we might have thoughts on people we've, you know, had relationships with and maybe haven't kept in touch with. Um, you just sometimes often think, especially about those people in your past who have gone different a, a different path or your friendships just have changed over time. I know I often reflect on those, but I just, um, you know, when she was thinking that she should have checked in or just kind of wondered, but then that moment where she said, but it's been so much, so long, I don't have that grief. I don't know if I'd feel the same way because I feel at some point, if you've had that connection with someone, there might be a part of you that, that kind of hurts when that person is no longer. So that part I kind of struggled with. But then I thought, well, maybe this is just because this is Nina's personality. She's held so much emotion and everything inside of her that maybe she just is not equipped to deal with it. And Deb, yeah. what did you think about the the relationship with Amy? Yeah, I, I, um, I compared it to some of the relationships that I knew, both with myself and some of the, the friends I had at, at that age. And then some of my siblings and cousins and and their relationships and and pretty typical you you kind of think about those people that you're with in 
in your teen years are always going to be with you because you do everything together. But her circle was so small. I mean, just having the two of them, if they had a bigger circle to share more of their thoughts, more of what was going on at that time. And and I guess reading it, you realize and recognize that the teen years just fly by so quickly. And we, we always believe that there's going to be more time to catch up and and repair something in the relationship or let's t- get together and try something new. Or, you know, we, we've got all these adventures that we, we should try, but you think that you've got the time to sort, sort it out and then life happens. Thing, you know, years pass other things come come into play, obstacles in life, good or bad. Um, so it, it, it did make me feel very sad uh, about how how it it went. Um, but I guess that's that's life, right? It's you mentioned feeling sad. I wrote down tragic. I thought it was if they just opened up to each other. Um, you know, Amy was obviously going through her stuff and and. Nina, of course, through her trauma. And I feel like if they just talked about things, maybe, you know, Amy's life would have went a different direction. She got lost in drug addiction and then Nina felt lost in like her life as well, just where she wanted her life to go. And it it's like she couldn't quite see who she was and what she contributed. And we mentioned just kind of go back a little bit, but you mentioned about the evaluation from her students. She couldn't see herself like in what she was, how she contributed to the world. And I think that even that relationship with Amy and and how they, they really, they were well before the Sam troll guy got involved, Mm -hmm. they were, they, they seemed to really be there for each other. Like they were, they were constants. And then it was just, and it was just over. And forget what it was it was at the it was at a restaurant or they were at a cafe or something like that that moment when she just was like looking frazzled amy and then she just left and that was it i think that was the last time they really and then she had gone missing and then i think she ended up in new glasgow actually that's when that happened and then i don't know it just felt like i could kind of see i know simone you mentioned that like where she couldn't she didn't feel sadness or she wasn't she wasn't affected by by amy's death but it's almost like it was it was looking at someone else's life in a way yeah it almost seems so Mm -hmm. so far removed from who she was now to who she was then it was like looking at a whole different person but anyway what could have been that's that's sort of the theme of the book isn't it what could have been if things had gone (laughs) a bit differently here or here or here um and with that the last chapter in the book brings a little bit of closure i guess it it does leave a lot of things open-ended at the same time so what surprised you about the ending and what did you expect to be different? Or I guess maybe what were you hoping to see? Uh, I'll, I'll put that out there as well. Simone, what do, you, what do you think? Well, I was just hoping, you know, often you look for a happy ending. And if that was not going to be the case for Nina, I was just hoping she was going to finally find a place where she felt like she could fit in. Her whole life, she was trying to fit in, you know, and when it wasn't high school, it was, or you know, trying to be a part of the band and then joining Toastmasters and even the writing program she attended. Um, It just feels like she didn't have that chance to finally find her place. To me, it feels like she's still a little bit lost and there's still 
you know, a long way for her to go, which is fine because sometimes that's life. Sometimes you will never find truly where you belong. But that was kind of how I felt. I just felt like I, I wanted to see a little bit more for her. And then the whole thing with the the internet troll, like I'm I'm proud of her for finally, you know, tackling that and dealing with that head on because you see she didn't deal with a lot of things. But with that, she seemed to find the confidence to be able to call this person out to sit down face to face with this person. A little surprised as to who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, not expecting that. But I don't know. It just kind of still left me thinking. Like I feel like I that story is not complete and maybe I need to go back and process it a little bit more, which often sometimes happens with with these novels. But I just I feel like I don't completely understand the last little part of her life. I, I think that you're you're right. Like Nina is still discovering who she is and discovering what she should be doing, where she should be. But I, I was kind of left thinking, oh no, oh no, what are we going to hear more from Nina? <laughs> Will there be eventually a happily ever after? And um, yeah, the whole troll thing really. I mean, I was mm. I, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so afraid for her. I can't believe that she's she's going to meet this person. And I was afraid that it was going to be um, uh, the the student, the, the boyfriend, or this the the student. Rather. That's who I thought yeah, it was going to be too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I thought would be much more threatening um, than who it turned out to be. But I mean, he was still a troll. It was Sam, right? Yeah, it was. Yes. (laughs) I was just like, I had to go back and read. I'm like, oh, yeah, the guy that was he was he went out with Amy for a little bit at the beginning of the book. And he uh, I was surprised by the troll thing, too. I'm like, I would never do that. (laughs) Go go out to and she paid the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but I I did like though how she just kind of stopped listening to him. And if you don't feed the troll, you know what I mean? Like he just got mm-hmm. frustrated and left. And and I felt like that was that was a moment. The little wins sometimes, the small wins in life. Yeah. That was that felt like one of them because he seemed really for lack of a better word, he PO'd <laughs> at the end when she wasn't, when she was just like, yeah, whatever. She was thinking something else in her head and she had drifted off somewhere and she wasn't giving him the time of day. I think that, you know, that was a nice bit of closure there. And also, I, I think that finally admitting, even though it was sent, I guess, I guess uh, the way I read it was he sort of, did he break into the Facebook messenger and he read it? The note that she yeah. sent to Amy? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Gosh, she finally speaks her truth, and that's the guy that ends up finding out about it. Like it just, anyway. Yeah. It was the the ending was tough. It was a bit tough, but you know, I I like to think that the next chapter for a for Nina will be a, a much uh, happier one <laughs> and more um more settled in her life. Perhaps maybe she'll meet a guy. Definitely not that troll guy, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, no, she uh, she was a very interest, certainly one of the most interesting characters I've ever read in a novel before. She just she she had a lot going on, she and really a lot did. we still don't know. So that's why it's that's interesting, right. right? But I mean, yep. this this means this would be a great time to talk to Shashi about some of our burning <laughs> yes. questions that we are confused <laughs> about, and hopefully she can give us a little bit of insight on that. Hello. Hi, Shashi. It's Simone calling from The Breeze. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I've got uh, Anne and Deb here with me, too, our book club members. Hi, Shashi. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? 
Well, not too bad. Uh, this is Anne in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. Just about an hour and a half outside of Halifax, where you lived for a time when you were working at Dell. What made you decide to have Halifax as the setting for this story? Yeah, I just really love Halifax. <laughs> um, I lived there for about four years. Um, as you mentioned, it was while I was teaching at Dell. And it just started to feel like home to me, even though I'm not from there originally. Um I think Halifax has such a natural charm and humor to it. Uh, like even things like the fact that if you're from Halifax, you're called a Haligonian. I just love that. Um, I wrote most of the book in the few years after I'd moved away from Halifax. So I was thinking about it in this like wistful, nostalgic way that seemed to lend itself to the tone of Nina's story. Um, and it was really nice, I think, to have a reason to immerse myself in that setting again, um, though I did have to do some research to write Halifax in the 90s in an authentic way. It felt very authentic. And uh, oh, having been you. to Halifax many times, yes, and uh, I lived there as well. I was I lived on Quimpole Road for a short time. And you'll talk to Deb soon. Deb, actually, she's in the city, so she'll uh, she certainly can appreciate all those references as well. And I wanted to ask you about the pop culture references. I loved those references, and it was a great way to sort of follow the timeline and get to know Nina. And I, you had said, I heard an interview with you, and you had said that you were you were hesitant to use those uh, pop culture references as though they'd be sort of frowned upon. So what made you change your mind about putting them in, and how did you pick and choose what to use? Yeah. Um, well, thank you, first of all. <laughs> That's so nice. Um, in my first draft, I feel like I was just including like whatever pop culture references came to mind. And um, often it was just for a joke. And I would try to think about like what kind of media would Nina be watching or listening to at this point in time to have them work as like characterization or towards tone. Um, and I, I was initially hesitant to use pop culture references in writing at all, just because I thought they might, you know, keep a work from being timeless um, or make it be taken less seriously. But I thought in the end, it just ended up being so important to her voice um, and also maybe to capturing the era, particularly in those 1990s chapters. Um, I know with later drafts, I tried to interrogate each reference and to consider, like, what purpose is this serving? Um, and, like, is it adding anything in terms of emotional or thematic resonance? And just to be thinking about, like, is this worth the words that it's taking up? Um, I also had to fact check them to avoid inaccuracies. Um, for example, if I made like a Radiohead joke, I had to make sure that album I was referencing had actually been released at that <laughs> uh -huh. point in time. Yeah, um, yeah I did end up, uh, there was one longer reference that I ended up cutting, and that was to Catfish, the TV show. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with this show, but it's like a reality show where people meet on the internet and then are almost never who they say they are. Um, but the problem was like when I put the chapters in order, that chapter was set in 2006 and I think the show only came out in 2012. 
Um, so I replaced it with a reference to Fraggle Rock, which I think ended up being a better fit because it's the story where Nina goes to a Jim Henson exhibit. I was going to tell you, I kid you not, that the Fraggle Rock reference was one of my favorites. Oh, really? I, I, yeah. Well, see, I graduated I graduated high school in 95, so I was just, I followed along with it, like all the shows and everything like that. And I feel like if if... I ever met Nina in real life, we would have a whole lot to talk about because I'm also obsessed with TV, and uh, and I I love I I love talking about television and whatnot. So I love talking in general, but uh, I especially love pop culture. And I just I thought it was it was a nice addition. It was a it was a pretty heavy story, so that it felt like it was a way to kind of get into Nina's Nina's head and her mindset with sort of the I don't know the lighter things in life. It was mm. uh, it was nice to know. She got enjoyment out of watching a lot of The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I really enjoyed that about the, the story. So yeah, I'll hand, I'll hand it over to Simone now with a couple of questions as well. I really enjoyed the read and I loved, like Anne mentioned, the 90s nostalgia. And I'm also South Asian, so I really loved the, the Shah Rukh Khan and the Bollywood and, you know, that whole vibe of spending time at the temple, your parents constantly asking you to get married or introducing you to people. So yeah. that was definitely relatable to me. And it was also very interesting because I grew up on the West Coast and I know here, many of the South Asian people, there wasn't often people getting into kind of that goth world. So it was really interesting to see (laughs) that was happening in Halifax, because you just see kind of how the coasts are so different, you know? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so reading the book, as Anne mentioned, it was heavy at times. Um, You know, and it's not a book about Nina kind of finding herself or you kind of look for that justice or closure for her. But uh, Mm -hmm. instead, she goes through a lot of you know, unfair things in her life. What inspired you to take this route uh, when writing? Yeah, I guess um, the darker story was really the story I wanted to tell. Um, But I also think like there's something about like a story from the point of view of a teenage girl um, where like we're used to seeing that kind of voice in young adult fiction or in stories that are like easily dismissed or are much lighter, lighter, um, and I just wanted to play around with the expectations of that voice um, and to like start off with something like a, like a light kind of voice that belies the seriousness of what these characters are actually experiencing. So I was really playing like with the, the tone of the dark and light there. Yeah, it definitely showed. Um, and it was just, yeah, interesting because when you read that first chapter with what happened with the school teacher, you kind of mm-hmm. hoped there would be a little bit more. And then you kind of just had to sit back and, and kind of make up your own thoughts of what she must have felt and not even being able to share that with her best friend. And then you see that kind of happen with some of her other experiences. And, you know, you often just, you, I know when I was reading, I was kind of like, okay, what's going to happen for her? Mm-hmm. Is she going to get her, her happy ending? She just felt so lonely at, at times. So what made you want to kind of end the book the way that you did? I guess to me, it felt like it was more true to what the real life experience might be. Um, and I, I did set out to like, create that feeling of a lack of resolution at the every at the end of every chapter. Um, like I was thinking of the chapters as being structured more like short stories where it's withholding that feeling of like catharsis or justice or a happy ending. Um, because in real life, I don't think a woman in Nina's situation would always get that happy ending. And it, I think it would have felt false to me to, to give her one in the end. 
Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I like how you said that. It's definitely felt like uh, short stories at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thank you for sharing that. I really enjoyed the book and uh, I'm going to pass it over to Deb. Yeah, thank you. And I enjoyed it as much as Simone and Anne and and I too appreciate the pop culture and, you know, getting that fun and and humor in the darkness. Um, Because I think you know, with pop culture, trivial tidbits that we all know about growing up, um, I think it gives us or, or allows us to reminisce and reflect about who we are, uh, the mm-hmm. people around us, and who we've become. And we humans are constantly learning and growing, aren't we? So sometimes we forget about how far we've come or mm-hmm. how the experiences, you know, have helped us figure out where we are and what we need to do, perhaps. Um, and yes, I, I'm in Halifax and so many familiar neighborhoods, either a neighborhood that I lived in or close by. But I also think that it feels like it could be in perhaps any seaside um, community. The, the, I love the setting and, and pointing out the hot spots. But um, despite perhaps being off for a year or two in some of those things you were concerned about. I think it really, it, it all fit very well together. Well, thank you. That's really nice to hear. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so I'm wondering, what is really the most precious substance on earth? <laughs> yeah. I, is there one answer? <laughs> um, I I think I, I Googled what the most precious substance on earth is. I think in the book, I guess it says it's either diamonds, rhino horns, or meth. Um, and it's playing with the the kind of like false information that their band teacher gives them when he tells them that platinum is the most precious substance on earth, and that's why it's called the platinum band. Um, but what I had in mind for that, um, I, I liked the kind of like oblique feeling of the title, and I had the idea that it was a metaphor where the most precious substance on earth was whatever is lost when a girl comes of age, um, kind of a combination of like hope and belief and uh, confidence and bravado. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I meant, but I, I had the sense that the reader might not be able to exactly pinpoint what it was. Yeah, I, th- I think we go through all these stages, you know, as a woman, as a, a young girl, and there were so, so many awkward moments that I think looking back, if we're able to look back, we can find, find what that substance might be. Mm-hmm. And, and did your characters come from familiar faces, familiar folks in your life? Really? Um, I mean, I think, I, I mean, there are like bits of personal experience in there, just in like the setting, for example, or um, like I was a band geek in high school, <laughs> but the, like the plot and characters are all fictionalized. Um, it was more just kind of like the ideas and the story that I wanted to tell. So I made um, like fictional scenarios to pick those. They're great characters. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And I, I must say, um, getting, uh, I, I guess, familiarizing or refamiliarizing myself with some of the spots around the city that I haven't been to in a while. I did go to Uncommon Grounds oh, yeah. to get, to get a coffee. <laughs> and uh, they were out of scones. They were really, really busy. So they were out of scones. But I did get an oat cake, which was as big, if not bigger than the scone. <laughs> they have really good granola bars, too, I remember. They do. <laughs> Perfect. I think that's all our questions. Anne or Deb, did you have any others? No, I think just wondering about upcoming projects and what's on the go. Oh, sure. 
I'm working on a short story collection. Uh, they're kind of these like strange, surreal uh, stories with themes of loneliness and the body. So it's things like um, illness, pain, aging, mortality, and so on. Wow. <laughs> well, we look forward to that. Um, thank you so much again, Shashi, for having this time with us. Oh, we really enjoyed the book for our book club this month. Yeah, thanks so much. It was lovely to speak with all of you. Oh, thank you. And thank, thank you, you for bringing us back to, you know, 14 <laughs> and our teen years and then all the other ones that followed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.